Hey guys, welcome to Let Me Talk Podcast Season 3, Episode 81. I cannot believe that we're almost at 100 episodes. This is insane, but I'm so grateful to all of you guys. And, you know, I can't wait to take you further on this journey with me, with this podcast. It's it's honestly delightful to do, and I love talking to people, so it's just right up my alley. Um, but today's guest, Stevie, is an actor and voiceover artist from Melbourne, Australia. And in this episode, we chat about the audiobook that she was a part of called The Hitchhiker and the feature film she starred in, which is now coming out with a sequel. Without giving anything else away, let's get into this episode. Hey, Stevie, thank you so much for coming on Let Me Talk podcast today. So excited to have you here. Thank you for having me. How, how have you been? How's life treating you lately? Yeah, good. Um, busy, as always, uh, as it happens. Um, but yeah, no, feeling really good about sort of life and industry and things at the moment, which is good. Um, even if I might like kind of not be doing as much at the moment, it's kind of, uh, yeah, I don't know, like a sense of positivity around it, which is nice. Yeah, amazing, yeah. amazing. Well, we start off with a rapid fire on the podcast. Um, pretty simple, pretty easy, just a little fun to uh, break the ice with uh, cool. me and the listeners as well so they can get to know you a little bit better. Nice. Um, so the first question is what entertainer inspires you? Can be an actor, can be anyone that kind of has inspired you um, throughout the years that you've been in oh, the industry, I guess. Good question. Um. I mean, I think the one who inspired me kind of as I was growing up, definitely, you know, Kate Blanchett as the, the biggest sort of Australian kind of export that we had. Um, and, yeah, I remember, like, finding out that she was Australian after watching Lord of the Rings and being, like, absolutely floored as a kid. Um, yeah. But I think that now my biggest inspiration career-wise is Jodie Comer. Okay. Um, I just, I love everything that she does and just her commitment to her craft and, um, you know, films across TV and theatre. Um, Killing Eve is one of my favourite shows of all time. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, the stuff she's done with the National Theatre as well has just been amazing. So, yeah, probably Jodie Comer. Yeah, awesome. The next question is, uh, film or TV, what do you prefer to watch? Oh, um, I think I'm I'm mostly watching TV at the moment. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I feel like in my brain it takes less time because it's yeah. shorter episodes. <laughs> but it's not Literally. actually true because you're committing to it for longer. Yeah, 100%. Um, oh my God. That's how my brain works. It's like, um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I could watch this film. But yeah. I feel like it's going to take me longer, even that's like completely not not right at all. Exactly. But I just yeah. feel like more immersed in a TV show. But I do get yeah. into my moods where I'm like watching films. Like lately I've just been watching docos because like sometimes I get into those moods where I watch docos. Like it's actually the worst though because I did that in isolation and yeah. I watched like a whole – I went this down this rabbit hole of watching like a whole – 
bunch of like true crime true crime oh, documentaries yes. yeah. and then I was like I was in this like really weird like mood and I was like <laughs> I, I I can't watch this again like I it's yeah it's a very specific headspace I think to get yeah to, and to it like freaked it freaked me out because I watched it like full straight for like two weeks and I just it's like <laughs> what the hell possessed me to do that like <laughs> like it was just like and it's just it's a yucky thing because then you, you you're watching it or you go to you watch it at late at night or whatever yeah oh like wake up and you feel like just shit so I like stop doing that I watch like <laughs> like documentaries but I'm trying to avoid like the full like you know murder ones because it just yeah oh, you know sometimes they put a dampener on the mood a little bit yeah I don't I mean I don't know how people watch that like or listen like one of my friends like listens to like a crime podcast as she's going to sleep I'm like I don't know about that yeah I've heard of that too I have dabbled in that a couple of times I think Mm. um and then just one day I was like hmm what is this actually doing to my brain while I'm sleeping (laughs) if I'm like listening to all this awful stuff what have you been yeah it's just it's it's weird what have you been watching lately Oh, lately, um, I've just finished watching Deadlock, um, the Australian series that was um, based in Tassie, Mm. Um, and I really, really enjoyed it. Um, And, yeah, I was just like, this would be absolutely a dream to be on because it's, like, comedic, but it's um, it's a drama, it's a, like, a crime drama. Um, detective kind of drama, but it's yeah, funny. I love that stuff, yeah. Um, and I need to watch that. I've heard of it, but I don't know. Yeah, you really should. It's it's really great. The acting is amazing. Kate Box, who's the lead in it, is just incredible. Is that on Prime? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Prime. yeah. I think I think I've heard of it. I just haven't had a chance to watch it. Yeah, and it's got like um, heaps of queer representation as well, which is amazing. Um, and it's like in my head it's like the perfect <laughs> sort of gig so yeah um, sure. yeah and it's it's sort of yeah it's genre breaking in a lot of ways too yeah um, and yeah it was really really cool watch nice as Australia's coming out with some good stuff I just like recently watched um the 12 and oh yeah Colin, and Colin from accounts which was pretty good Oh, I need to watch that my parents keep telling me to watch that <laughs> yeah it's actually it was actually like just surprising how like not that it was like they were just so good and like I just like yeah. how they put themselves in their own work like it's just yeah. like and you know and they have so they've had so much success with it so I think um yeah and you know and there wasn't like the same actors like cast in it so it was really good because mm. I just feel like I see you know on network tv we just see the same actors just being, same faces yeah oh, and it's like yeah. The streaming is just like a breath of fresh air when you see just people you've never seen before. Mm-hmm, for like sure. I've seen those two, the main actors, but like it's just, you know, the other people, like the supporting characters that you get, mm. like they're not all the same. Like especially yeah. in the 12, like there's some actors that are in there that I've never really seen or haven't had that yeah. opportunities as like some of the other actors have. Yeah, for sure. Striking that balance between having faces that will intrigue people you know that are familiar um mm. and then having giving platforms to to new performers um yeah yeah it's a really good balance exactly um the next question is indie or blockbuster what do you prefer to watch 
Oh, I think I'm, I'm want to get a lot better, but I think I mostly watch Blockbuster, but Mm. it's my, yeah, it's my goal to, um, make more of an effort to watch indie films for sure because yeah, um, yeah. I think it's really important to support but oh I they're know, just I harder they're... to watch like they're harder to yeah. find that once yeah. you find them like they're really like they're really good yes yeah no for sure it's definitely something that I want to improve on for sure yeah like I feel like it, like just in just locally like our indie films yeah. here are so good like we do them so well mm. but there's even like really good indie films like from like you know the UK America like there yeah there's just like a niche about them that is just like you just feel more like connected to the characters in some mm. ways but yes a blockbuster is like good as well like going to the movies and just experiencing that as well as is pretty good and now that we can do that again like you know it's yes. it's even more of a special experience because we like we're like stripped from it for so long yeah yeah for sure I think I, I definitely prefer the energy of an indie film a lot more but I just um yeah I guess I don't actively seek them out as much but I'm yeah I want to try and improve that for sure for sure for sure um and the last question is when are you most inspired oh good question I think I think when I'm most inspired is when I'm around people that are just so creatively in tune with themselves Mm. that sort of give me the permission to like reach as high as I can um in in sort of what I do and when people when you're in a space where people just give you the permission to be completely free and um yeah I think that's when I'm when I'm most inspired is by sort of the other people around me and I'm yeah yeah, I'm being given the opportunity to just fully go when, yeah. you know, when you're in that like space I guess especially when like you're in the acting space or whatever and you know I feel like that's the most vulnerable place that we're in you know like when we're performing mm-hmm. in front of people like that's the most vulnerable place because when you're writing something like you're often like alone and yeah you know you can be vulnerable with your writing within what you're writing but you're not yeah. necessarily exposed in oh in the same way that you would be if you're like performing or you know doing something in front of an audience um so I think like when people are like creatively in tune with each other and also giving people the respect um to like claim their space and take up their space it's it's um it is it, it is really inspiring and easy to like kind of just be in that you know what is it that um motive motivating mood to like keep going yeah, it's that it's the closest that the closest thing I've come to describing it is like when you are on the same level intuitively as your same partner or someone else and you can feel it. It's it's the closest thing that I've come to just magic. That feeling of you sort of being able to be completely with the person that you're with, inhabiting a character and the circumstances and it's like it's such an incredible feeling and and you know, it doesn't happen all the time and that's yeah. totally fair. But when it does, it's like, 
oh yes this is <laughs> this is why I do it this is amazing yeah a hundred percent a hundred percent so tell me like how did you get started in the industry and is acting and you know entertainment and all that kind of thing is that something that you've always wanted to do or did it come up like later no yeah for sure I was um one of those kids that was constantly singing and dancing around the house and Mm. forcing my family to sit down at family dinners and watch me perform a routine (laughs) yeah Um, and my cousins to this day still tell me um you know how much they hated me pushing them around in dance routines and (laughs) getting them to perform for our family um the yeah, cousins are good, a good, like, your cousins are good people, honestly. They like, are. <laughs> they're like, honestly, my cousins, we all put on performances. It's just yeah. like that one thing that I feel like so many people have in common. Like, it's such they a common thing. It's amazing. With their cousins. Like, it's yeah. just that thing that happened in like so <laughs> many different households. Like, yeah, oh, yeah. God. Like, it, it's such a really good memory to look back on, though. Like, you just realize that, that you don't realize that you know you know that could ever becomes a passion or something no. that you end up doing and when it yeah. does like those memories just like are that much more special yeah exactly it's that innocence of it and so many people do it and it's so like beautiful and yeah innocent and it's mm. yeah I mean us who um sort of hold on to that sort of must have yeah to have the ability to hold on to that that sense mm. of youth and innocence and play and fun is um I guess kind of what we do <laughs> as, yeah, as exactly. actors is is able to sort of hold that against the world telling you that you need to grow up and you need to uh, you know change and adapt it was still like holding on to that inner child I guess for sure for sure have yeah. you are you have you always been from Melbourne like did you grow up here and yeah yeah yeah, yeah. born and raised in Melbourne um uh yeah so lived pretty much my whole life here um yeah, nice. and yeah I, I started kind of uh in theater in mm-hmm. high school and all that um in primary school my friends and I used to spend our lunch times like creating little theater pieces together in primary school and um eventually performing them to uh the assembly <laughs> mm. uh, which I'm sure everyone enjoyed um but yeah so I I did not even consider acting to be a career option for me mm. um I didn't even think that was a thing that you could make money from and then I remember yeah. the day that I found out that you could that there were people who were making money off of doing this thing I was like what people get paid for this that's amazing <laughs> what school um, did you go to just out of curiosity I feel like I did you grow up in like the area that you're living in now or yeah yeah I went to um to Lather Hall oh okay wow well, my mom um, went in there. Essendon oh no way <laughs> yeah my mom went there that's, that's so, so funny yeah nice nice and what primary <laughs> school was it like around the same area um it was in Abafaldi Okay. Uh, nice. Yeah, so sort of some, um, around, around the same area, but very different schools. So went from like a co-ed public school to um, an all-girls private school. Yeah. school. So that was a big yeah. shift. Um, and, yeah, trying to sort of hold on to that creativity and um, that mm. uniqueness uh, in that environment was 
um, sometimes a bit tricky. Um, what was your experience like in terms of that? Like, was the school somewhat like performing arts orientated at all? Yeah, was it, it was mostly, um, yeah, mostly music was like the main focus for the arts and kind of acting wasn't as much. Mm. Um, we still had like a program where we'd put on musicals and things every year, um, which were always my highlight of the year was doing the, the musicals and the plays. Yeah, um, but yeah, most of the kind of funding went into music, which I also like did the choirs and things. Um, but yeah, I remember like doing a performance when I was in year seven and then <laughs> um, like a girl coming up to me afterwards being like, oh, you like, you really did that. <laughs> and like trying to make me sort of like, you you did a lot on the stage. And I was like, what? Did I, did I do too much? Like, is that not normal? Oh, no. <laughs> You know, it's just that that thing where um, people see someone who's like really passionate, and they're mm. like, "Oh, that's 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 too much." <laughs> like, definitely. And I was like, "No, let me free." Um, but yeah, and then sort of high school, um, and I didn't go straight into drama school. Mm-hmm. I studied. Um, I did a bachelor of arts. Um, and majored in English and Theatre Studies. So did that for three years and did lots of community theatre while doing that, mm. um, which was a really good training ground. Um, yeah. And just to be around a whole lot of people who have day jobs and everything but are just doing it just for the pure passion of it, yeah, like not getting paid, spending lots of hours rehearsing and being really passionate about it, That was that was a really kind of... Yeah, awesome way to kind of start out. Um, and then once I graduated from uni, COVID hit, <laughs> um, which was, yeah, it was kind of that weird thing where I hadn't quite got into the industry yet. Yeah. So I wasn't um, completely, uh, like I was obviously affected by it, but not in the way that I sort it sort of got in the way. Yeah, um, yeah. It, it delayed me going to drama school and all that but mm. it, yeah I wasn't I hadn't st- quite started if that makes sense yeah for sure for sure it does. yeah and um, then you went to 16th street is that right yeah yeah, yeah went yeah. to 16th street did the full-time course there in 2021 okay what was that um, like yeah it was it was full-on so the full-time course it, it's only a year mm. um so they kind of try and cram in like a three-year kind of course in, I mean, obviously you're never going to get as much done, but it was, yeah, yeah it was, it was very intense, um, mm-hmm. very kind of holistic approach. Mm. Um, so it was very much about um, body and voice and yeah. um, movement work and um, yeah, sort of a lot of craft things, which, was amazing to to learn and I'm sort of very grateful that did you work well that. with that or would you have preferred more like practical kind of getting front let's do yeah. some scenes oh yeah no for sure I think that that would have been the sort of icing on the cake was at the end to be able to to practice performing in front of an audience and mm. um doing more of that but I think in the way the person that I am, I've been able to do that since graduating. So I'm glad that I had all of that time to do all that craft work. So 
now I'm putting it into play, but um, yeah, yeah. I definitely would have preferred to to do sort of a few more showcases and stuff at uni, but that's just the what you get from doing a um, uh, a one-year course, which was perfect for me. Yeah. Um, so like it was the perfect course for me because I'd, I'd already done three years. <laughs> I, yeah, exactly. I yeah. uh, didn't want to do it again. Um, yeah, it's really so. rare that like acting schools will do three years unless you go to like a NIDA or a WAPA, but I feel like you don't really need to do those anymore. Like, I mean, it's still like amazing if you were to get in, mm. but I feel like, like, I don't know, just like maybe they've changed it now, but from like when I did my full-time course, it was very much like NIDA and WAPA were very much theatre-based and there wasn't yeah. much of a screen a screen acting section, which I, I believe right. they probably changed now, but yeah. it was a lot, like it was a lot um, of, you know, you know, just stories that you hear of people just being completely broken down and then built back up. Like, yeah, I just like don't get the logic in that. But no, uh, I feel like the shorter, like full time courses can sometimes be more beneficial to people and just like you can get more out of it in a guess because I feel like yeah. three years might be too much. Like three years, you that's a long commitment. It's a long time, yeah, and it's it's kind yeah. of I I do think that um as much as anyone can get anything out of an acting course. I'm like a big believer in I think everyone at one point or another, no matter your career choice, should do an acting class. Because mm. just like the fundamentally of the things that you learn about yourself and about, you know, other people is just so helpful. Um, uh, yeah, I think that um, like my sister is doing uh, a course at VCA and it's very yeah. interesting. Um, she's an actor too. And um doing like comparing the two of us and she's a lot younger going through it than mm. I was going through um 16th street and it's yeah and and doing the three years as someone who's younger and going through such a like a developmental period during that time as well yeah. um I, yeah I think that like there's so much wisdom coming with like having a few more years under you um mm. and coming into all of it and having a bit more of a sense of sort of who you are and where you are in the world and not that you know we ever stop learning about yeah, that definitely definitely I yeah. feel like I mean the moment the more you mature the more you learn about yourself and um yeah I, I do agree like going in later is like really good um you know I started acting school when I was like 15 like just yeah classes and that was very chill and like very much fun and then I did my like the first full-time course when I was like 18 and that was even still young at the time you know yeah. that was like you're still learning you know I went to LA sure. for my first time when I was like 19 so it was it was like super super like intense and there's so many yeah. things that you don't know about yourself yet you know you're yeah. learning about yourself and there's you know there's so many things that can kind of put you off like wanting to pursue it further in terms of just being, you know, not understanding why you're not getting roles and things like that. Exactly. And it wasn't until I went to like film school that that kind of changed my perspective on everything because I was starting to yeah. learn actually the process behind the scenes and why we we don't get particular roles and you know and that helped mm -hmm. me a lot because I'm like okay well this isn't necessarily just based on talent this is looks exactly. this is literally comes down to the smallest thing whether you yep. have brown or blonde hair whatever yep. it is 
it's it's not like the only thing that you can control is what you do in in the audition and Mm -hmm. whether you present yourself as a person going into the rooms like that's that is like the biggest thing that you control and that took a while like I was probably 21 with that when that sunk in but when you when you're like 18 19 you don't know that yet your brain isn't fully developed until you're like five so you're going through this whole experience and you know um it can be detrimental to some people but I think it's really it's really like an important thing to at least do one you know full-time kind of um full-time course or something that is a long yeah some kind of training yeah yeah some kind of because you you know I don't know how it worked but I did mine at Tafta and mine was three days a week but it was full-time it just Mm. wasn't like it wasn't five days a week, but it was like a full-time yes. six-month commitment. Yeah. Um, and it was, and then when I went to LA, I did like the, what's well, after now, but at, back in the day it was Tafta USA and that was like 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. for six weeks straight. And the, we're, yeah. we probably only had like one to two days off and that was intense wow. too, but but you're learning so much and yeah. sometimes that does equate to eventually a three-year course. It's just not mm. in that same continuous time it's you know it's broken up so yeah for sure and sometimes you learn more on the job as well and Mm. and you learn so much from yeah actually doing the thing and sort of having that that basis is great and um you know with casting directors and industry people knowing that you've come from that as well is Mm. helpful for them definitely um, definitely in terms of having a bit of more confidence in you um, yeah, I think and not and not a lot of it like going to NIDA and Whopper and things isn't so much looked into anymore no, because yeah, so many yeah. different schools that are just as good and just as like established and things like that as both of those mm-hmm. schools. And yeah. you know, if you if that's the path you go down, then that's incredible. Like, but I feel like some people just don't have and I just don't have like that stamina and like that's myself. Like I don't think in that environment I would thrive necessarily um because I just don't like some of the principle principles that they follow but right um, yeah I just feel like 16th street tapped or whichever you do they're just as good and just as like educational and you get a, you would get a lot out of a year course or a six-month course yeah for yeah. sure so you've done like um quite a lot of theatre and but what I'm like interested in because I haven't had many people come um on and talk about this at all. I don't think I've had any actors come on and um talk about like audiobooks. I feel like, you know, that's a point of difference that I kind of um saw when I was reading your bio and things like that. And mm. I just wanted to know what that was like, what that's like for you. Cause that 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 is also an art in itself, like being able to do audiobooks and voiceovers and mm. things like that. How did you get into to that and um are you still doing this doing it at the moment yeah so um so far I've just done the one the one audiobook which mm. was called The Hitchhiker by Gabriel Bergmoser which was an audible original um book and yeah, yeah it was it, it was interesting I I sort of hadn't really thought about voiceover work before um, and then I was chatting to um, my neighbours are actually actors as well. And um, I was chatting to them and they do a lot of uh, voice work um, and they kind of sort of 
people like, oh, have you ever thought about voice work? Because they're always looking for young voices and I've got quite a, a deep voice mm. um, for kind of a young person. So they were like, "That's you've got like a really interesting tone. I think that if you sort of reached out to a few different um, uh, recording studios with maybe just like a little bit of a demo um, of you reading just something um, yeah. that maybe that sort of, yeah, look into it. Um, so, yeah, I did that. I sent, um, I just like read a passage from one of my favourite books um, and, yeah, sent it through. I can't remember if I reached out first and then they asked me to send through a, a sample. Um, Amazing. But, yes, did that and then um, I sort of got a couple of auditions from them from that because they kind of had me on file. Mm. Um, and yeah, and I, I remember I was, uh, I did this audition for this one and I was kind of, wasn't expecting to get it at all. Yeah. And I was like at work and I had like just recorded it on my phone on voice notes, like in the storage room at the back, <laughs> um, and, and sent it off. And then, yeah, I must've like the, the tone of my voice must've been kind of perfect for what the author was um yeah. looking for uh for this character because she was kind of a um a young woman who was had had like a really sort of hard childhood and life and was on the run and um yeah. and yeah sort of yeah must have how does it, it work really well. in terms of like the auditions like do you just give it do you just get given like a page to read or and then you have to send that through yeah, so I got given, I think it was, yeah, it would have been a page, maybe a couple of pages. Mm. Um, and, yeah, I think I just had to send that through um, to them. So, yeah, just record it myself and send it through. Um, and usually it's, like, with um, other dialogue as well. So you kind of have to have a little bit of a point of difference when you're portraying different characters in the voiceover um you know if you're portraying if there's two people in the scene then you have to have a point of difference between the two people who are speaking but you don't mm. want to make it distracting for the yeah. listener as well it has to still be um it just ha still has to flow through yeah. but um still have a different enough tone and voice um that the reader can understand that it's two different people who are talking or more than two yeah. different people um so when so you that, actually do the actual like when you go in and yeah you the role and things like that do you have the other characters I guess like doing it with you at the same time or is it all individually done so I so the the book was split into three different perspectives so there were two other um readers mm. but we all so I did like the last third of the book um, okay so yeah, it was the fully fully the last third, and so when I say that there's different characters, I was being all of the characters. Oh wow! Um, yeah, so it was. It's we're just reading a book like you read a book to um to someone. So you're reading yeah word for words, and then when there is dialogue that comes up, just kind of either shifting your tone a little bit. Um, making it mm. like a little bit nasalier or lower or more gravelly or doing different accent. 
um, to kind of different, differentiate between yeah, wow. different characters that are Is that hard? Was that, was that like a challenging thing for you to do? or what? Yeah, it was, I mean, it was my first one and um, it was, yeah, it was really tricky. I kind of had to, like I read through it um, quite a few times before I went in just mm. so I had a really good idea of what the arc was and um, and what the different characters was and, and have some kind of a, an idea of how I would, make them different from each other mm-hmm. um when when I went in the booth um and there was a couple of characters with like an Irish accent so I had to kind of like brush up on the Irish accent before I went oh, in wow wow that's that's um, crazy yeah so it's it's you literally are sort of you have to really be in the world and you have to believe it and you have to imagine because obviously there's no images or there's no pictures or anything accompanying it so you have to be the sole creator of this world obviously you've got the words and the story that the author has written but to bring Mm. that to life in a way that keeps the listener engaged um Mm. is was yeah it was really challenging so I kind of tried to listen to as many audiobooks as I could before hand as well to try to get an idea um yeah what what to do but yeah it was a very very interesting experience for sure and how like do you have the author there when you're doing that or no just just the um the sound technician there so they're sort of um in the other room and you're in the booth um and you're reading um, and if you sort of stumble a line or anything, then they'll just be like, oh, all right, pause, go back to a few words before or a line before, and then we'll start again from there. Yeah, wow. Um, and, yeah, so the the author wasn't there, mm. um, but, you know, they obviously give instructions and kind of an idea of what they're looking for um, yeah. to the sound technician beforehand. Um mm. And yeah, and then you sort of yeah, you get in and give it your best shot. <laughs> yeah, is it typically done within a day, or like do you have a couple of days to do it? Yeah, so mine was so it was just the um, it wasn't a full book; it was like mm. a third of the book. So I think we did it in three hours. I think that's pretty good. That's hours, yeah, pretty that's, good. Yeah, no. Nice. Um, and then they had another day set. For pickups so if there was anything like from listening back the the read the author would um would have a listen and and the like audible would have a listen and if if there was anything that they sort of picked up that wasn't quite right if I'd said a word wrong or um if they couldn't quite if it wasn't clear enough then we'd go back and pick it up that day and yeah um, redo those those lines so yeah it's it's quite similar to um like how I imagine being on a soap set would be where you're kind of like doing scenes you know from not in order for each other mm-hmm. you have to have a really good concept of where you are in the story um yeah so definitely. that you're able to kind of pick it up um and make it seamless yeah. and not like jolting yeah definitely definitely well wow, that's so interesting yeah because yeah um I mean, that's a completely different world and it's interesting to realise, you know, the process that goes into that and, you know, the differences between auditioning for something like that than auditioning mm-hmm. for something for, like, you know, screen or, like, theatre. So 
I feel like it definitely takes a lot more work, you know, because you're using your voice and that's all you're using. And to mm-hmm. to really kind of convince the audience that you're in that world, it's it's a lot harder to do when you're just using one part of part of your instrument, I guess. For sure. And if you, you've got no one else to play off as well when you're in the booth, it's just you and a headset mm. and a microphone and an iPad <laughs> in front yeah. of you. Um, So it's like it really challenges your uh, imaginative skills as well to kind of, and that's that's the best advice that I had going into it that someone gave me was to really make sure that I had the world in my head and that I was seeing what I was saying, yeah, Um, and being able to create that world in my head because if if I can if I can see it in my head and I'm saying it as I'm seeing it that really helps I yeah. think translate Definitely. Um, and helps the the listeners kind of yeah see that too amazing so going into uh like tv and film you actually mm-hmm. have a sequel to a film that you've already done that's coming out um called lockdown lovers mm-hmm. you know I find like that kind of um, concept really interesting I read up on it and I just want to know if you can let the audience know what it's about and the character that you play and kind of how you got involved with the project as well yeah so um, I did a feature film start of the year called Lockdown Lovers um, with Lilydale Films mm-hmm. um, and yeah it's sort of part of um, a sort of previous universe uh, called Flunk which was mm. a YouTube series um, yeah. that got some Screen Australia funding and big screen funding a few seasons ago. But, um, yeah, this is kind of a departure from that main series and it's a, its its own story. And I play Lizette um, <laughs> and it is about, um, yeah, two girls who meet each other and um, sort of have like a wild night of, um sort of together and then um they find that over the next few days the country has locked down Mm. um and the other character crystal um can't get back to canada so Mm -hmm. they decide to lock down together and it's about their relationship um over those few weeks and they've kind of got like different ways of approaching life and their characters are very different so it's sort of yeah the progression of their romance um also coming into speed bombs too so yeah it's kind of a, a romance drama yeah film. um yeah it was just it was sort of great to be on set for a feature film and kind of know that I can do it <laughs> I guess oh yeah um, for sure I feel like a feature film is like such a good thing to even just you know experience especially whilst they're like on a smaller scale and Mm -hmm. not the big budgets like you're you're kind of doing something consistently whether it's like you know shot in one block or whether it's shot over multiple kind of um blocks in the period of time that you have I feel like it's it I feel like learning on the job is like where you're gonna like get most of you know what you've 
what you've practiced and putting that into like an actual physical kind of project I feel like that's where you're going to get most of like even more learning and more of a development from like because you're in that yeah. you're in the real situation you know you're you've got the lights you've got everything like the technicalities mm-hmm. and I feel like that's where you get most of your like yeah most of what you've learned like mm-hmm. that's where you're putting it into practice so I feel like yeah, it's, yeah definitely definitely um I guess what what was the most challenging thing about your character and did you did you find it hard or easy to kind of step into her shoes and um and her journey yeah it was it's an interesting one my character is very very outgoing and confident and bit of a flirt and um very strong with sort of her opinions and um all those things I was able to find sort of a the a part of myself I need to amplify it a bit um or or just kind of like bring to the surface and yeah um yeah I think I think that's what I try and do with all of my characters is I really try and find where their traits sit within me and whether it's mm. about amplifying it and playing certain um traits up or um sort of dimming some and and yeah finding it within myself and where it sits in my body is sort of like a really good yeah. process that I like to to go through but yeah I think the character overall was um a bit tricky at times because mm. it, it just says shit <laughs> a lot of the time yeah. so I'm like oh my god what are you saying but it was fun it was fun to just play a completely loose canon um and just kind of yeah be a bit a bit free with that yeah yeah I'm not sure if you can reveal much about the sequel but um I guess th- it follows the same story and uh are you seeing the characters like further into their relationship and is it picking up where it was left off or is it like a kind of a couple of years ahead after the last film? Yeah, I think it's it's not exactly where it picks up. I think it's a little bit in the future. But, yeah, it's still the characters um, trying to figure out life in kind of now they've come out of lockdown um, and trying to work out where their relationship sits now that they're in the wider world and it's not just the two of them. Yeah, um nice. in a in a little little ecosystem it's the them trying to find their place in in um yeah in the wider world yeah beautiful um well I wish you the best of luck with that and um Thank you. hopefully the world gets to see that soon <laughs> yeah um, <laughs> but we have reached the end of the podcast and at the end of um each podcast I try to get um my guests to raise awareness of something that's important to them um or something mm-hmm. that's you know in the world right now that they feel needs to be spoken about um I do know that you have something really important to <laughs> the audience and to anyone that's listening um inside the entertainment industry and also um can be suitable for outside the entertainment Absolutely. industry too um for sure and um yeah if you just want to go ahead and tell us yeah. what to raise awareness to today that would be amazing yeah so I kind of wanted to talk about um the uh first nations voice to parliament that's going on at the moment the referendum yeah. um and yeah just encouraging everyone to 
research as much as you can about it um, to make sure that you're registered voter if you've changed your name, moved house or turned 18 recently, I think that was it, um, Mm -hmm. then to make sure that you're registered and that you can vote. Um, But, yeah, just to make sure that you do your research and that this is really, really important for a lot of people and it's so frustrating to have to have a debate over it because it just seems so clear (laughs) and so obvious um and yeah like it kind of it just like reminds me of the same-sex marriage plebiscite uh uh, sorry the um the referendum there um and how frustrating it is to have a debate over people's existence and um that yeah this is really important for a lot of people um and to acknowledge that it's the first step and there's a lot more to go after we do this. Um, and yeah, seek out information, knowledge from first nations people, mm. um, for sure. And make sure you support, follow, buy from first nations, businesses and artists and music and they, you support them, um, through this time because yeah, I can imagine it's, it's not an easy time for anyone at the moment. Um, and yeah, just uh, make sure you've got all the information that you can, and that listening to First Nations voices is important. Yeah, I think I think that that's really important. Important. I feel like where we're lacking with that kind of stuff is that the politicians are kind of skirting around the question of what, yes, like what people are voting for. And you know, it's totally fair enough that some people are like, "Well, I don't know what I'm voting for," and what pisses me off is like these politicians it's like they're getting asked a question and they're not answering it in an easy way for people to understand people like you have to imagine Mm. that you're looking at people that have no idea because a lot of the times like that's what where people are coming from they're like I literally have no idea what I'm voting for so how can you expect me to vote the right way if I'm not if I have no you know no concept of what what it is um I feel like there's some people out that have come that have come out and told you know have put more of a voice on what we're voting for but you know there's a lot of people in Australia that will vote that will vote based on what a politician say and mm-hmm. they're just not getting that you know that straight answer like I've heard so many mixed um things about it and it's like I I'm I'm honestly like unsure but I don't there's no reason for me to be like I'm voting no and that's it and there's no reason for me to vote I'm voting yes and that's it. I feel like you want to listen to all sides and then that's how you're going to be making an informed decision versus a politician being like, you know, not giving a straight answer and like skirting around what it is. Um, Yeah. Like that only makes it worse. Yeah, it's so frustrating that it's like it's been politicised too in that Mm. way and um. Like, I think it's 80% of First Nations people are voting yes. Mm. Um, and I think, um, yeah, if we're listening to, uh, obviously there's so many nuances to the discussion and, um, you know, we're the only country in the world that doesn't have a treaty with mm. the First Nations people of this land and one of the only countries in the world. And it's, like, ridiculous that we haven't. So Definitely. treaty is, like, obviously the next thing um, that we have to do. But... Yeah, it's it's so tricky. Um, but I think it's yeah, it's a really um It is tricky step. because you look to the leaders to tell you like what this is, 
like non-biasedly and just just tell us what it is you know what I mean and you, you not everyone is like like queued up on politics and not everyone knows the language that they use and you know and they're making it harder for people to understand what they're voting for and it's only like a couple of weeks off that we have to make the vote so I feel like if you're listening or if you're out there whatever you're doing just look for our look to other outlets to get the information yeah. because you're not going to get it from unfortunately from the the people that lead this country you're not going to get a succinct proper answer because they're trying to kind of I guess I don't want to say it I don't want to be that kind of person but I guess in some ways they have a different agenda and they have a different strategy that they're trying to sway people into um which is what politics is about, I guess. You either vote one side or you vote the other. So I just, I feel like to make a more informed decision, you need to go to, you know, Indigenous people. You need to be like, you need to hear from them, the people that Mm -hmm. are asking for this, asking for the voice that, you know, you just need to find out why and just get that fact, that factual information that you're missing out on getting from the, the leaders of our country. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, so get get informed, and then it's gonna make it a lot easier for you to make that decision on the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. Um, I wish you like honestly the best of luck with everything, and thank you. Um, hopefully, when the sequel of Lockdown Lovers comes out, we can get you back on and chat all about that. But yeah, it was really interesting to talk about um, your journey and, yeah, wish you best of luck with everything. Good. Thank you so much for having me. Had a good no time. Worries. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. Thank you for listening to this podcast. You can find us on whatever podcast platform you use. And while you're there, please leave us a comment, review, and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Thank you.